0: Listening to Broncos this week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos, is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschemann. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original
1: 16, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. We got a loaded show for you this week. Devin Pratt is back from World Under-17s and the Swift Current Bronco head coach will be joining us. And our feature guest on the podcast this week is 20-year-old Raphael Peltier. Such an effective player, we named a lake after him, just <laughs> south of Swift Current. Uh, Craig Boschman Swift Current Broncos, a pretty solid weekend and uh, most recently coming off a 4-2 win over the Brandon Wheat Kings.
2: Yeah, it was good to start the weekend with a nice... Uh, Overtime win there over over Regina, you know one of the most exciting games of the year, I think, Oof. and you know a bit of a goaltender's duel there in uh, in Lethbridge with uh, Reed Dick and Harrison Menigan going head to head, and then you know a Tuesday game, first Tuesday game of the year, and a bit of a slow start against Brandon, but finished off strong and picked up a four two win. So uh, the team is seven and three in their last ten games, and seemingly hitting their stride after a bit of a, a bit of a slow start there and a lot
1: of one goal losses, which is great to see. I'm putting you on the spot here Uh-oh. for that Friday game against the Regina Pats. Is that the best major junior hockey game you've called?
2: It was really exciting. It was uh, it was a ton of fun. There was the game last year against Winnipeg where the Broncos, I think, were down 4-1 after the first period and came back to win. That one was a lot of fun. Um, you know, the first game I ever called here with Yona Kiviniemi scoring in overtime against Calgary was a ton of fun. They tied it up with, like, 18 seconds left or something to to get it to overtime. Um, you know, what else have I seen? Uh, you know, the triple overtime game with Red Deer and Brandon in the playoffs last year was pretty cool so there's been a lot of fun games um, but i think that regina uh, swift current game on on friday night was was one where everybody in attendance got their money's worth and great crowd and and that's that's what the players have wanted to see all season long and you know there's been a couple of games now where the crowd's gotten up to that size and and the guys really feed
1: off that so hopefully we can kind of see more crowds looking like that the rest of the way well i'm very much looking forward to when the league releases its plays of the week on Friday <laughs> yeah. because the, the top three plays of the week really should come from that game yeah, alone. Yeah, they, they might
2: Wardos between the goal or between the legs goal. You had Bedard doing his best Matthew Ward impression with his between the legs <laughs> goal. You had uh, Josh Fillman coming down the left side out, waiting the goalie and picks going backhand shelf in overtime. Like it was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of crazy moments in that game. So I think there should be at least like three of the top five uh, from, from the plays of the week should be in there. No.
1: Oh, that, that was absolutely wild and, and such a fun night at the rink you know the Broncos hanging on and, and winning that one I shouldn't say hanging on but winning in overtime and you know just being around the team after that must have been must have been fun
2: yeah I think the guys were the guys were super excited um, you know I think anytime they go head-to-head with but all the focus is on him so to, to kind of take that away and then pick up a victory against the against them and especially in overtime like that where where everyone's watching uh, is, is a lot of fun and and the fact that Regina didn't even really touch the puck in overtime was maybe be the best part of it, you know, you win the opening face-off and you don't give up the puck for for 58 seconds, and then you end it. So uh, that was great to see. Uh, I know the guys were super excited, and uh, like you said, he kind of just hoped the the momentum keeps rolling and uh, and they can keep uh, keep it up here.
1: Yeah, and also on the weekend there was that 2-1 loss to the Lethbridge Hurricanes in Lethbridge. A game that sounded like it was quite the goaltender's duel.
2: It was. I thought uh, you know I thought Reed Dick was awesome in that game. Um, you know, really unfortunate that a guy puts on such a strong performance and doesn't get rewarded just because the other goaltender was was one better, um, you know, so it was uh, it was a very tight game, you know, that was you know a situation where Broncos had a handful of power play chances and just couldn't seem to, to get it going there and uh, to tie one up or to tie it up or take the lead at some point so, um, you know, a bit of an unfortunate uh, result in that sense but you know, I think goaltender duels can, can almost be as exciting as, uh, you know, a 5-4 overtime game with each chance kind of meaning that much more as the game gets later and later and it's still tied at one or, or whatever it might be and, and everybody's kind of leaning forward as, as the team carries the puck over the line so that was uh, that was pretty fun game obviously just uh, unfortunate not to get the not to get the result.
1: Yeah, and most recently a four-two win over the Brandon Wheat Kings, and one of the components to that game was uh, Matt Ward scoring his 100th career point.
2: Yeah, great to see. Um, you know, it been I'm sure it'd been on his mind since he got to 99 against uh, Regina. It's only one game on Saturday, Lethbridge. He didn't get a point to, to get a hundred there on the road, but um, you know it was uh, it was nice nice to see a power play goal at the same time. You know, his 100th point comes on the power play with the three-one goal, which then turns out to be the game winner, and uh, you know a great celebration with him and him and Connor Vincent taking off their gloves and going for the handshake right away was kind of funny. So, um, you know, such a great milestone for him and a guy who, you know, when he was drafted back in 2019, this team was really in, in desperate need of guys who were providing high offensive skill. And sure enough, he's done exactly that since he came into the league 100 points in 106 games with a team that hasn't scored a ton of goals since he's gotten here. So that's almost makes it even more impressive. And, uh, you know, when I saw him after the game to take a picture with his puck, I said, on to the next 100, I guess, eh? And he said, yeah, I sure hope so. So I guess we'll start the count until he gets 200.
1: Well, and, and I want to talk more about that 100 points in 106 games because that's an amazing feat in this league. But you brought it up, the handshake celebration. That's the <laughs> second time we've seen that on home ice this year. I know when Adam McNutt scored his first goal as a Bronco, uh, he did that as well. It, it, is that a thing? Like, have you talked to the guys about it? Like, what, what, what's going on there? Because I, I personally, I love it.
2: I haven't. And now that you mentioned that, I do remember McNutt doing that same thing. And I, I I want to say it was Connor Viston who shook his hand too. So I wonder if this is a Connor Vidston thing that he's uh, he's brought in for this year. I guess we'll have to wait and see when uh, when Vidston picks up another point uh, and see if he does to go for it again. But yeah, it's interesting. You see, some teams have their celebrations. Like Brandon always has, all five guys come together and do their little little headbutt in the in the goal celebration. So each team seems to have something different. And uh, maybe we got the, the handshake going here for these guys.
1: My, my favorite touchdown celebration in the NFL was just Barry Sanders scoring a touchdown and then handing the ball to the referee and carrying on. So there's something to be said for. The, the subtlety of it all, and yes, the, the reserved handshake celebration. Big fan, love it. But getting back to, to Matt Ward, 100, 100 points in 106 games, so of course you hit a milestone like that. Go back and, and do some digging with some some greats from recent Bronco history. And, you know, not not saying that Ward's a better player, but the fact that he has 100 points in just 106 games is pretty amazing. You look at Glenn Godden. I think he was around 165 games to reach 100 points. Uh, Tyler Steenbergen, who played World Juniors, I think he was over 200 games before he had 100 points. And Jake DeBrusk, an NHL first-round pick was about 120 games to get his 100 points. So what Matt Ward is doing, and I know there's some asterisks there with you know the the hub season and whatnot, and you know the the schedule there and the rosters and whatnot, but 100 points in 106 games that's pretty amazing
2: it is and and like I said when he was drafted the team just they needed anybody to come in and score goals and, and provide offense so to, to get him at 14th I mean first of all was a, a huge blessing in disguise with other teams passing on him and allowing the Broncos to get him at uh, at 14th and uh, you know he was given an opportunity to play immediately and be an impact guy right away when he stepped foot in the, in the hub for that season and made the most of it um, you know he was entrusted to play top line minutes in the first power play unit uh, right off the hop and didn't miss a beat you no know, it was a point per game I mean almost 22 points in 23 games in the hub and then 57 and 64 last year and now over a point per game this year at 21 points in 18 games so uh, you know to get him where they did at 14 was was phenomenal um, just going to pull up the the draft from that year and see you know where he ranks amongst guys uh, in their WHL careers points wise so far uh, you can sort by total points and he sits fifth in that draft class uh, among points uh, so far Uh, for those guys. So uh, pretty amazing stuff that Matt's done ever since he's joined uh, the organization and uh, you know he's not nearly close to being satisfied yet and he wants to go even further and obviously he's more focused on winning games than racking up points so he wants to help lead the team to a championship and I think that's kind of his main focus.
1: You know another guy who's been playing really well as of late uh, for the Broncos and he was recognized Tuesday night as one of the Canadian Hockey League three stars and that's uh, Connor Vidston coming off a, a three point night against the Brandon Wheat Kings and Vidston He's he's been putting up some points lately and and really contributing in in a variety of ways. Yeah, I
2: think, you know, with with Connor, I I think it was a matter of him really realizing how good he could be. Um, You know, his second half of the year was so good last year, and that's what got him, you know, on the radar and invited to U18s and then drafted by the Anaheim Ducks. And you know, when I talked to him after he came back from from his first training camp, he he talked about you see an NHL rink, you see an NHL locker room, you see what their day-to-day is like, and you just want that for yourself. So I think he, he he's kind of opened his eyes to realize how good he can be and that's carrying over into every single game now this year with 20 points in 16 games to to start things off so he's been a huge piece for this team Um, you know a player that's entrusted not only to provide offense but also you know match up against other teams top players so uh, he's doing it on both ends of the rink uh, he doesn't take very many penalties while doing it and is uh, putting up some pretty impressive offensive numbers at the same time so this is a guy who is another one of those draft pick steals in 2019 first pick in the seventh round and 133rd overall and uh, he's uh, developed into a very impressive Western Hockey League player
1: all right uh, the next home action for the Swiftcombe Broncos is going to be Saturday night uh, the second half of a home and home with the Moose Jaw warriors and we'll chat more about that later on on the broncos this week podcast we have Raphael peltier on the way he's our feature guest on the pod but uh, right after this we'll have a chat with head coach devin pratt this is broncos this week brought
0: to you by original 16 you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos
1: It's the Broncos this week. Coaches show segment now. Devin Pratt joining us for the first time in a little bit. And uh, Devin, uh, you were back on the bench for that 4-2 win against the Brandon Wheat Kings, but... the hockey Canada experience in Langley with uh, world under 17s, you know, we, we all know the results and how things went on the ice, but, uh, you know, talk about the experience. How were things off
3: the ice for you? Yeah, certainly. It's exciting to be back. Um, but it was a, a great experience. Anytime you have the opportunity to represent your country, it's pretty special. And that was my first time. So, um, you know, hockey Canada does it right. They treat you first class. Uh, the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, and, uh, we're given every opportunity to have success. So it was uh, very nice. Our staff, we felt like we knew each other for years we became very close with each other early and it was just uh great it's one of those events you know you're you're all in all the time you know we were joking with my parents when I was there like I didn't turn the hotel tv on once I didn't even know where the remote was it was just you know watch games break down games watch opponents prepare and um yeah it's uh, a lot of fun Great experience for
2: two Broncos players as well. Clark Caswell, Josh Fluker, of course on team Canada black, uh, got to the bronze medal game as well. So, uh, sounds like there was some rave reviews about their performances as well.
3: Yeah. Both of them, uh, represented the, the Broncos exceptionally. And, did, uh, represented themselves as hockey players uh, very well. Um, you know, I know playing against them, uh, they were keys on the other team, and then watching them kind of develop throughout the week. And uh, when it's best on best and you're in your peer group, there's a, there's a little bit more time and space than in the WHL, but the, the skill and the and the pace of the game is, is high. So both guys did a, an exceptional job and very proud of them. You know, how was it for you being
1: away, and I mean, obviously you're very, very busy with the task at hand, but are you paying a ton of attention to what's going on back in Swift Current? And, you know, the fact that you were able to leave, and, you know, I don't want to say the team didn't miss a beat at all, but, you know, the fact that you were able to leave and the team performed well without you had to have you feeling good as a head coach. Yeah,
3: no, for sure. Um, There's a little bit of that separation anxiety, first time it's uh, happened for me in this role, and, um, you know, I felt the team was in a good place when I left. We'd won our last three games, kind of turn in the corner as a group, and um, I thought, Matt and Troy did a great job of keeping the train running. Uh, The leadership group of our team stepping up and making sure that we were prepared and focused in each game and um, I thought we gave ourselves a chance to win, you know, in four of those five games Um, and that's, you know, all we could ask for at that point in the season with our group and um, nice to come back, jump into action right away and find another win and get ourselves to 500 here and um, just continue to push, you know, we we had a slow start to things and we've had a, a nice turn as a group and um, you know our offense has come alive defensively we've been a lot better and um, now it's just time to take care of uh, some of the smaller details and tidy up our special teams and um, go from there so I'm really proud of the group and the job they did.
2: As Swayze mentioned you were on the bench for the win over Brandon on uh, Tuesday it was a bit of a slow start to the team but I thought Gage Alexander's performance was great all game long but especially in the opening period to get it to the intermission just a one nothing game.
3: Yeah, the goaltending's been very strong for us here um, down the stretch, and that's uh, key. It's important, um, and especially we've had some slow starts um, of late, and um, allowing the team to settle in, and Gage did a great job. Some big saves on the two-on-one in different scenarios, and standing tall for us. So i um, proud of him and where his game's at.
1: Yeah, there's a few players I want to ask you about. Uh, Connor Vidston getting recognized CHL-wide for his efforts this past week. Uh, You know, he's uh, away from the ice. He seems like a very quiet young man. Doesn't say a bunch, but he's certainly been speaking loudly with his contributions on ice lately.
3: Yeah, Connor's taken another great step forward um, as a player, and Um, you know there's a comfortability and a confidence within his game now and uh, reminds me a lot of the player I saw you know coaching against him in U18 level just that high offensive upside and um, what I was so proud of him last year was the 200 foot responsibility that he developed in his game and he doesn't have an easy task a lot of nights going up against other teams top lines and and almost checking them while providing offense for our group so uh, their line's done well in that role and Connor's kind of spearheaded that for us so um, you know He's a little bit of a quieter guy, uh, but he's he's social amongst his peers and uh, well-liked and well-respected in our room. So really proud of Connor and where he's at.
2: Also getting recognized was Matthew Ward for getting his 100th career point uh, in that win over Brandon. Turned out to be the game-winning goal and a guy who was drafted back when this team was looking for an offensive catalyst. And sure enough, that's what he's done ever since he joined the league.
3: Yeah, Matt, uh, you know, we lean on him to provide offense for us. And again, uh, he's developed more of that 200 foot game and responsibility as well. And the offense uh, hasn't deterred because of that. So that's growth within his game. Um, you know, he's a guy that creates. I think he has great small area skill. Uh, he has a great shot that he probably doesn't use quite often enough. And, um, you know, he's challenged himself to do a lot more things in motion and with pace this year. And he's getting rewarded for it. So off to a great start for us here.
1: And another guy I want to ask you about is uh, Josh Davies. He threw the monkey off his back on that November the 2nd game and five goals in his last eight games, including just some unreal acceleration
3: on a breakaway goal your last time out. You know, Talk about what he's been doing right lately and how he's been rewarded. Yeah, Josh is a horse. I mean, uh, that breakaway speed is is pretty special. It's pretty elite. And um, you know, I think for Josh, pressure was building to contribute offensively early in the season. And uh, it's one of those scenarios he's had the second most shots on the team less games played. It wasn't that he wasn't getting the opportunities. Um, It was just wasn't having much luck around the net. And uh, he's a guy that has that breakaway speed, creates uh, for himself with that, and uh, really um, has taken a step here of just, being hard on pucks in the offensive zone and driving lanes and um he's got an exceptional shot too so he's got a he's got a great package and um he's done a great job for us i mean that goal against brandon was pretty special that's uh that's a keeper highlight for sure he's just uh a power horse driving through and creating that separation and breakaway and then that release we talked about and uh he got a good chuckle out of his celebration he's not quite the drop down to one knee guy um so we had a little bit of fun with that but uh it's nice to see josh uh you know having success offensively and as i said the the opportunities of are always there with his skill set and his package and um now when you you just get that confidence of getting a few to cross the line um he's really kind of built off that yeah, the production room had his back. Well, on the
1: replay, we cut the celebration short just prior to that. But
2: yeah, <laughs> Your uh, next two games coming up this weekend, first time you're going to see Moose Jaw this season. And with them getting Ryder Korzai back, they also have six NHL draft picks on their roster. So there's going to be a whole heck of a lot of talent going head to head here coming up
3: this weekend. Yeah, Moose Jaw's got a great roster. Um, you know, they've played good hockey here this year. Um, you know, adding a guy like Ryder, an offensive uh, catalyst for their group, he sees the ice very well. Uh, it's Greatest asset probably is his vision and using his teammates and finding them in spots. So, just uh, another tool in their box. And it just uh, for us, it's just another awareness of when he's on the ice and who's around and picking up our checks and tracking. And Moose Jaw's always a very detailed team, 200 feet and playing with pace. So for our guys, that's uh, that's a challenge. And for us, I think it's going to be important that we start on time, seven o'clock puck drop. We're ready to go and we're bringing our A game for a full 60 minutes. And that's what's going to give us the best opportunity at success. Here.
1: Devin, thanks a bunch for making your way down to this end of the rink and uh, joining us. Great to have you back in the sense-making city of Swift Current here after a bit of time with Hockey Canada. and Looking forward to some great action this weekend, man.
0: Yeah, thank you guys very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos.
1: All right, it's our feature guest segment here on the Broncos This Week podcast, and we have Le Fierté de Legal Alberta, <laughs> the pride of Legal Alberta, my friend and yours, Raphael Peltier. Am I saying that right, Peltier? Yeah, that was perfect. Okay, maybe we to go here. How's things, man? It's
4: going good. Yeah, great to have, or to be here.
1: Yeah, we were just kind of talking off mic here about, uh, you, you did one of those I read appearances mm. in the uh, French Immersion School, and, and you did the story in French, like are you fully bilingual?
4: I am. Yeah, I'm pretty fortunate. I grew up in Legale, going to a Francophone school from K to 9. So very fluent. And then my parents also did that when they were younger. So they raised us to going to a Francophone school.
2: So when you go to a Francophone school, is it you speak only in French at school? Or is it some classes of French, some are English? How does that work?
4: No, every subject is in French. And then obviously you have your English classes. Right. So yeah, even like in lunchtime, everyone's speaking French, gym. It's, yeah, teachers are on you. It's French. So
1: I I think core French became a thing when I was in grade three, which goes to show how old I am. But, uh, so I'm like a grade three to like grade 10 French speaker. But like, are, are you just as comfortable having a conversation in French as you are English?
4: Yeah. I mean, it depends who I'm talking with. Like if it's an actual like Frank, like a Francophone person from like Quebec, it's definitely a lot harder. But if it's just, yeah, with another person who grew up speaking French, I can, yeah, Catch on right away.
2: They speak really fast over there in Quebec. They talk so quickly, you can't understand a word (laughs) they're saying. Yeah. I think I took French. I think it was a mandatory until grade 10, I want to say, in the yeah. Yukon. And then they said you could switch to Spanish if you wanted. And I was like, I've done French for 10 years. Why oh. would I switch to a different language? But that would be cool. So I think I didn't take in grade 12. It was not, not mandatory. So I was like, but
1: Spench and Frannish. So uh, spench and Frannish. <laughs> <Spench> and <French. laughs> Here we are talking about being able to speak. I can't even do English. Um, no, French and Spanish. Like, they're very close to each other, right? Like, I've heard. So. Yeah. And, and I mean... Growing up, there was a a kid who was from Chile, Spanish Mm. speaker, Mm. and he just aced French because it's so close to to Spanish. So, I mean, you could probably
4: you know, like, favor, you know. <laughs> like very impressive. <laughs> We're <laughs> booking a trip to Mexico right now. <laughs> Similar, but some words are obviously different. So. No, right on. So, yeah.
1: But, but I mean, you know, getting back and being able to do those things, like the I read and yeah. getting into schools and everything. I mean, to me, that's, what's magic about being mm-hmm. a Swift Current Bronco. You walk into that classroom and their eyes just get all big and you know, how, what's it like for you being able to do that
4: again? Yeah, definitely. Like last year we did that one zoom meeting with uh, a couple classrooms, but it's definitely like, I love spending time with kids and, Seeing their face light up as I walk in the classroom—it's pretty humbling. And just to be with them and ask questions and answer—and it's pretty cool. It gets your mind off the game too, and just being present with them is is a big part of the game.
1: And kids have the best questions too. Yeah. What, what did they hit you with?
4: <laughs> oh boy. Um, what do? What's your pregame? What do you like to eat? Yeah. Um, last year there's a few. I'm trying to remember. Like, what are you, like, doing on your spare time? Some of them have really good questions, and some of them are just funny, and so it's good. Yeah. Mix it up. No filter. No, no. yeah.
2: <laughs> and your and your, uh, your billet sister was in that class, too, so you, yeah. you had that kind of connection as well, and you've lived Hadley. with the same sister almost your whole time here, haven't you?
4: Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I know Hadley very well, and, yeah, she was in that class.
1: So what's uh it, we usually save this towards the end of the podcast but we're we'll we'll throw it out there now as we're on the subject of uh, billet families and everything do do the billet family shout out here first off
4: yeah shout out to uh, Morgan and Chris and Caden uh, Hadley I've been with them now this would be well technically f- the fourth year if you count the bubble but yeah they're uh, they're a great family for taking me in two young kids love to play love both hockey players. Um, very energetic and always keeps me on my toes.
2: <laughs> well, you mentioned taking you in since you first got here. And I, yeah. I remember when you first got here, way back in 2019. It feels like a different lifetime now, honestly. So, cool. you know, you just passed 150 games Saturday in Lethbridge, uh, you know, 146 of those with Swift Current now in your career. So take us back to the day you were traded to the Broncos.
4: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> still to this day, it's just <laughs> like, wow. Time flies in this, in this league, and um, I'm just – pretty fortunate to be here in this moment right now just being a 20 in this league too I mean I was <laughs> I was so young when I first got here but now I feel so old but it's like I'm only 20 but yeah it's uh it's been a it's been a journey for sure a lot of ups and downs I've seen a lot of guys come a lot of guys go so it's yeah it's been an amazing journey for me right now
1: yeah, in the last four years, a lot have come and gone in, uh, <laughs> exactly. through this program. But, uh, you, know, you know, you're know, you in your 20-year-old season. It, it's your final season of, of major junior eligibility. And, you know, you, you talk about the Billet family and everything. I mean, the, your, your Billet siblings, like, mm-hmm. you've been there half their life. <laughs> like, yeah, are, are you anticipating, you know, the, the end of the year, whenever it may be, hopefully uh, May? But, I mean, are you anticipating the, the tearful farewell there? Because, uh, I mean, that's a bond, man. Like, you've been there it's half true. their lives.
4: Yeah. I mean, last year was even tough too. Every year is always hard to to let go and then for them to let let go of me. So um, I'm not really anticipating too much. Just trying to be in the moment right now and just enjoying every day I have with them and um, yeah, just being present. So,
2: Well, and let's talk about the moment. I mean, your team picked up a big win over the Brandon Weekings on Tuesday, back to 500 after a, mm-hmm. a tough start there. But, you know, that start, it just seemed like, you know, there were so many one-goal losses back to back to back, and it just felt like the team just needed one win. And if yeah. they got one win, they could start to get the ball rolling. And sure enough, that's what happened. You're 7-3 over your last 10 games now. So, you know, how is the group feeling now as opposed to maybe three weeks ago?
4: Yeah, that's definitely not the start we wanted. But I feel like now we've gained that confidence, like, okay, like, we know what this group is able to do and if we play the the way we want to play and the right structure to our game it's it's going to show success and that's i think what's um, showing us in the last 10 games here
1: yeah and in those last 10, uh, 10 games there there really seems to be some chemistry with your line as well you know mm-hmm. talk about playing with uh, with Warden Filman because it yeah. seems like things are clicking
4: yeah i know i played with Wardle. i think it's my second year playing with him on a line and yeah they're very dynamic players high speed and just fun guys to play with off the ice too. And I get along really well with them. So I feel like that helps our chemistry too on the ice.
2: How cool was it in the summer to kind of see your teammates go through the whole <laughs> draft process? You know, you obviously had to watch picks on, on TV, go first mm-hmm. round and the other four guys get drafted on day two, you know, knowing going into it that a number of those guys are going to have their name called. I'm sure you were kind of keeping track and uh, the group chat, I'm sure was also going a little nuts that
4: day. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. It's pretty surreal. Even for me watching them, it's like, just competing with them every day it's like wow yeah that's i mean my job is to push them and they're trying to push me so yeah it's pretty cool i'm so pumped for them and i hope it doesn't stop here i hope they all get contracts and uh Furthermore, uh, play in the NHL. So,
1: you know, you t- you talked earlier about how many different guys have have been through this organization over the past few years since you've been here, and you know now you're you're one of the twenty year olds. You know, you're one of the the three on this team. What what kind of a twenty year old player do you want to be? And you know, who are some of those guys that, as a younger guy, you maybe look up to that you know you're you're remembering when it comes to determining mm-hmm. how you want to be?
4: Yeah, I feel like my role as a twenty being just like a gel player. Getting along, building relationship with all the guys, being there for guys if they're struggling or if they're going through uh, tough tough spots in their in their uh, season. Because I know when I was seventeen, coming into Swift, it was it was not fun. Like we were struggling, losing streaks. It was it was tough, and I feel like even in the bubble too. Looking back, like using Owen Williams for an example, being a twenty that he really embraced being there for the rookies and just helping them especially in the bubble where mentally it was so tough so I feel like that's pretty important and especially in this league with the like the length of it and how hard the grind is for guys coming in so I feel like if I embrace that I think I'm doing my job.
2: You mentioned that first year here with the team. I I saw uh, Hendrik de in the crowd at the game Mm -hmm. on uh, on Tuesday, so I shot him or Saturday, Friday rather was, um, so I shot him a message. But uh, you know, back in that nineteen twenty season, you mentioned it was tough. There wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of wins that season for the team. So you know, that year, your first full year in the league. I mean, who were some of the guys that were kind of trying to keep things as light as they could while the the team was kind of going through some tough times on the ice? Mm.
4: Um, I definitely looked up to like Jackson Kleski. He was uh, he was a big guy for me. Um, especially as the season went on, even like Poltz too. He was, as a younger, I think he was 18 that season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even him having that experience too. He was a good, good uh, role model, and I got along well. We all, like all the rookies, helped each other out too. So we kind of had a little group.
1: When you're not uh, when you're not on the ice, and when you're not visiting French immersion classrooms and reading stories, what's occupying your time these days?
4: Yeah, um, a lot of mini sticks. I'd say. A lot of board games with the kids, obviously. <laughs> um, I love just hanging out with the guys, too, watching the Oilers game, getting along or going over there. Um, play a bit of video games here and there, a little bit of PGA, but not, not too often.
2: What's the board games of choice with the with the fan?
4: We play Marbles, it's called. I am not sure if you've played it before. A little bit of Uno, too. Mm. Some uh, some card games. A lot of card games, so you a tv guy like netflix anything that you're binging right now any recommends uh we just started um yellowstone i heard the seasons come out so we'll be watching that um other than that not really i watched um that michael jordan documentary Mm. that was pretty good but yeah Not a big Netflix guy, though.
1: All right. Raphael Peltier, one of the uh, 320-year-olds on our squad. Uh, Peltz, we really appreciate you coming down Mm -hmm. here and doing this. And, uh, you know, best of luck uh, throughout the rest of the season. Great to see the boys rolling.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos
1: wrapping up another edition of the broncos this week podcast brought to you by original 16 a big thanks to head coach Devin pratt joining us for the first time in a few weeks as he's back from world under 17s and great to talk to Raphael peltier one of the 320 year olds on the uh, swift current Broncos squad this year next action for the team is going to be friday night when they are in moose jaw i I almost said as they visit the crushed can in moose jaw (laughs)
2: like wow and it's not mosaic's uh, place anymore either Oh, no. Moose Jaw Event Center, I think is what it's called now.
1: Not Mosaic Yeah, anymore, I didn't right? know that
2: until the preseason game when I was on air and I looked down at Center Ice and it was not called Mosaic Place anymore. And I was like, oh, when did that happen? Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's the Moose Jaw Event Center, I want to say.
1: Well, there you go. Naming rates available in Moose Jaw if anyone wants to to snap that up and be the official home of the Warriors. But, uh, yeah, home and home with Moose Jaw, and we're back here Saturday night.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. Um, that's Like I said, we said with uh, Devin Pratt, there's six NHL draft picks on both sides there with Ryder Korzak being returned. Earned by the New York Rangers so um, You know you got a couple of cousins First round cousins going head to head with Pickering And Denton Matechuk on Moose Jaw as well and uh, you know, Jagger Ferkus was almost a first-rounder. I think he went 35th to Seattle uh, in the 2022 NHL Draft. So, ton of talent on the ice, not to mention the, uh, you know, A-ranked skater and Braden Jaeger, who's being viewed as a potential top 10 or top 5 pick in this upcoming NHL Draft. So, there's a lot of talent on the ice, uh, both in Moose Jaw and Swift Current this weekend, and uh, certainly
1: hoping that people will uh, enjoy the games. Yeah, and even though Swift Current isn't in the same division anymore with Moose Jaw and Regina, like that... That Regina game felt like a rivalry-type game, and I, I think it'll be similar with Moose Jaw, too.
2: felt like a playoff game, and the atmosphere felt like a playoff atmosphere, too, both here. And, and honestly, in Lethbridge, too, it was pretty pretty awesome in Lethbridge. There was a good crowd there, too. So, uh, you know, with the history that uh, those two teams have, and Swift and Moose Jaw, obviously I don't think there's a single player who's left who is here, during 17-18, uh, they'd be too old by now. So, But, uh, you know, it's it's great to see uh, when those two teams go head-to-head. You want to see the atmosphere high in, in every rink you go to. And, uh, you know, Broncos fans did a wonderful job on, uh, on Friday with Regina here in town and hope to see a repeat of that on Saturday.
1: Yes, very much hoping for a packed innovation plex Saturday night when the Moose Jaw Warriors are in town to take on the Broncos. That'll do it for another edition of Broncos This Week.
0: You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original Sixteen.